Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. This week, I'm your host, Matthew Kuhn, joined this week by my brother, Michael Kuhn. Hey, guys. And we're missing our other brother, Mark Kuhn, this week, but don't worry, we'll make it up for you. We've got a couple good guests. We've got Grandpa coming up. we got Joe Marino from the Draft Network. I'm excited. And we're brought to you by the Barbasol Shave Club, featuring the Premium Ultra 6 Plus Razor. Choose from three different subscription frequencies, and you can cancel at any time. Grab the starter kit today and use discount code BROWNS. That's B-R-O-W-N-S, and you can receive $2 off your initial order. So visit Barbasol.com to order today. We haven't talked to Grandpa in a while, so it was time. Let's go ahead and kick it to that call with Grandpa where we got to catch up a few minutes ago. Hello. Hey, Grandpa. It's Matthew. Hello, Matthew. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Did the Browns play yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> no, we call you other times. See I haven't you... heard anything. I haven't heard anything about the Browns lately, but I did not watch the Super Bowl game. You didn't watch the Super Bowl. I thought Nancy nope. was going to make you. Nope. Why didn't you watch? I just, I I uh, was uh, I turned it on. It was almost the end of the second quarter. I turned it on and I saw how that golf was. He was he was just running around trying to pump fake stuff, and they were just killing him. You can't. I mean, uh, you you can't just screw around and and uh, and do that with a team like uh, uh, with the uh, Patriots. I mean, a bad team. You can't do. You can't do what Goff was doing with a bad team, let alone the Patriots. You know, and he was just. Uh, I just watched it for about oh, maybe about uh, 10, 15 minutes. And I said, "This guy is going to get killed," and they had no business being in there. Well, of course, they had no business being in there. The, the, the two teams that should have been in there weren't there, and uh, it was uh, the the the, the uh, officiating was absolutely horrendous, and I'm. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I'm. I just wonder if they don't chastise all those that refereeing bunch over there because they were absolutely uh, terrible. Are you talking about I've the never... NFC Championship game, like the Saints game and everything that went on with that? Or are you talking about the Super Bowl? Yeah. No, I'm talking about the. the, the I'm talking about the Saints game. The, the yeah. pre, when they, you know, uh, when when the when the Patriots won and the uh, Rams won, you know, and on their, games, on their yeah. playoffs. And I mean, it was just absolutely uh, horrendous. I have never seen anything like that in my life. You know, it's, you think that some, you think that some official on the other side would have said, "Hey, nobody threw a flag on that play. I'll throw a flag on it." You know, not one of them. I, I just can't imagine. I can't believe it. Yeah. Did uh, you see? Um, I heard the ratings that came out in all of the different major markets. And New Orleans was the lowest of all of the major markets. Nobody watched the Super Bowl. They all they all Boycott. protested and boycotted. I heard, it. I heard that the station in New Orleans didn't even carry the game. <laughs> now, I don't know if that's. I heard. I heard that uh, that uh, they didn't carry the game. I think now, that might have been true on like radio or something like that, but I don't think that was true <laughs> on TV. That's that's funny. So, Grandpa, did you see who the Bengals hired as their head coach, though? That's, it's the quarterback coach from the Rams. So how do you feel about that? 
Who is that? His, his name is Zach Taylor. He was the quarterback no, I, coach of the Rams this last year. So he's 35 no, years I, old. He's never been a head coach. He looks like uh, us. Yeah. <laughs> he's super young. He's, he's Michael's age, and he's about as good at coaching football. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, this crap about them saying that this guy was never a head coach and everything. Well, it's crying out loud. Everybody had to have the first head coaching job somewhere. I mean, they they weren't born being a head coach, you know. And, and That's not true. Bill Cower was born being a head coach. <laughs> well, he, I accept him. I really was kind of surprised with a... Uh, when when nothing happened with him, but I I I uh, I think as I said several times I said about the Browns and their and their and their coaching system and everything. And the last the last half of it when, when Freddie was taken over, I said, "Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it." You know, but I never I never thought that they were gonna that they were gonna get rid of Williams and keep Kitchen. I thought it was I thought they were gonna keep Williams too. But uh, they they fooled me. But at least they kept some of them, some of the coaching staff. I, I said they there's no need to go searching uh, 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 hell at high water to find another coach. I don't I don't think there was anybody out there. Anyway, most of them by the Browns. By the time the Browns decided to do something, most of these guys were all taken up anyway. All those retreads were all gobbled up again by somebody else. You know. So. I, I tell you what, though, Freddie Kitchens seemed to put together a really nice staff. A lot of them went in front of the microphone earlier today and said hello to the media for the first time. And it was pretty uh. cool to hear all of them say, yeah, I didn't necessarily know John Dorsey or Freddie Kitchens, but this is where yeah. I wanted to be. And for all of them basically to get up and say, this was the destination that I was hoping to land in. Uh, yeah. was kind of rare. I've, I don't know if I've heard anybody talk about the Browns that way before. <laughs> well, uh, I think the two I think the two formidable teams coming up are, are uh, going to be uh, Kansas City and the Browns. Uh, I'll take really, that. Really, huh? I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, yeah it, it's a, a two, two of the, the, the best uh, teams coming up, uh, you know, uh, for next year, are going to be very, very tough, tough teams to beat. I think. I think the Browns are going to be formidable. Uh, well, Grandpa, uh, the, if that's if that's that, the case, will you come to the Super Bowl with us? <laughs> Where's it going to be? Miami. Yeah, Miami. You can drive. Huh? Is it going to be in Miami? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what. You know what? That Super Bowl. I mean, even if the even if the Browns are in it, I think I'd have to I'd have to say thanks for no thanks. I'm telling you, the seats yeah. are so damn expensive. The seats are so damn expensive. Everything, everything. Well, we'll and get it, that we'll get that taken care of for yeah, you. you. We're we're getting you to if the Browns make the Super Bowl in Miami, we're getting you there. If we have a ticket for you, you'll come, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I get I got a, I got a 72 inch TV here. I can see you can see the sweat on the guy's forehead. So the, when they're playing here, are you, you know, are you that, kidding me? You're you're like 82 years old and you've never seen the Browns in the Super Bowl, and it's going to be three <laughs> hours from your house if they make it. You're not going to go. Uh, well, I think I probably have to do some do some real soul searching if, if it came <laughs> to that. I don't know. 
I, I don't know. What does that mean? Does that mean you have to ask Nancy's permission? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she's, she's getting to be a, quite a, a quite a fan. Hey, Grandpa, have you ever been to the NFL draft? No, but I'll tell you what. I, I really, I, I really, outside of the, the outside of top ten picks that they say the you know first rounders out of the top ten, I, I don't, I don't really follow them down there. After after the first round, there's nothing. I mean, <laughs> I don't know who the hell they're picking. You know, do you, they, 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 that, huh? did you know that the draft is in Nashville this year? I know it is. Yeah. You should come up. <laughs> Your whole out. family lives here. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> All right, Grandpa. Well, we'll let you go. Say, give our regards to Nancy. Um, uh, okay, thanks for talking guys. to us. See you, okay. Grandpa. Pre- appreciate the call, guys. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Oh, Grandpa is 80. 80- to 83 years old I, I, I actually don't know exactly how old he is however if the Browns are in the Super Bowl and it is driving distance from him we are getting him to the Super Bowl if we I, provide I don't a ticket, care what he says if we provide a ticket I don't know how he could possibly not go. are you kidding me I think I think he might of his own accord choose to sit home and watch on his supposed 72 inch screen, which I haven't it's, seen yet. That's ridiculous. First of all, it is a 72 inch screen. I don't in believe that small it. living room. That I he don't has. believe it. That'll take up the whole wall. Yeah. Uh, but I think that Nancy has enough sense that she would convince him to go. And I think that's like, that's enough to, to get him down there. We, we could, we'll get him there. We just need, we need the Browns to follow through on their end of the bargain. Yeah. If, if, if Baker and miles, Come through for us. We'll, we'll get Grandpa to the Super Bowl. Um, All the right. foundation of that will be laid, was laid in the 2018 draft. We're going to build on that in the 2019 draft. This traditionally has been our favorite time of year. No because doubt. it's the most optimistic. It still part. is. It still is my favorite time of year. It's I freaking great. love the NFL draft. We, we've been trained like Pavlov's dogs. To just love the NFL draft as Browns fans. Well, and going to Mobile, I feel like that gave me an even like extra layer of knowledge that I haven't had in the oh, past. Oh, it's so nerdy. It's so good. Like that that's the that's It gave the me an extra layer of knowledge. Sports fan thing we've ever done. Uh, so that helps me a little bit where it's not entirely just from my computer screen and listening to people talk about it. Um, oh yeah, I know about like the safety from Delaware and Nasir Adderley. Oh, and oh it's it's good. Kalen right Saunders diff- from Kaylin Western Saunders, Illinois. Yeah, There's the right tackle. What's, what's his face? from Right tackle from Kansas State. Dalton He's, Reisner. Dalton Reisner. He's going to be a first-round pick. I, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a name. I know, but I don't watch any like Big 12 football. Right. And so the fact that I know Dalton Reisner at this point in the year, in February. Yeah, he's bad. I like Dalton Reisner. He's He's great. I wouldn't be disappointed. I tweeted this He's just great. to like put my stake in the ground that I would not be disappointed at all if the Browns drafted him at 17. Well, I mean, he went to Kansas State. He was probably a walk-on to start. I mean, that's how like all those Kansas State guys start. Well, I will say that one of my favorite news sources for information on the draft is thedraftnetwork.com, and I follow all those guys on Twitter and they're constantly pumping out news. I can't keep up with all of their podcasts, to be perfectly honest. I listen to like one of every three or four, and I enjoy them every single time. you got to pick and choose. You don't have that much time in the day. I can't listen to them all. 
Um, and so we were lucky enough to run into those guys down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, and Joe Marino um, offered to jump on the podcast. So we've got him here for you today. Why don't you guys enjoy this conversation we had talking Browns and NFL Draft to record? All right. All right. We're joined here with Joe Marino, um, and for those of you that don't know, Joe is the Chief Administrative Officer and Senior Draft Analyst at the Draft Network, co-host of the Draft Dudes podcast with Kyle Krabs, and also recently hosting the Locked on Bills podcast. Welcome to the show, Mr. Marino. How are you? I'm good, guys. Good to be on with you. It was uh, fun meeting you guys at uh, the Senior Bowl, and uh, I, I kind of finessed my way onto this this appearance, but uh, I'm glad it I'm glad it worked out. You did. You were the squeaky wheel. You're the one of all of you guys that we met down there, which we loved everyone. You were th- clamoring to join our podcast and asking why it hadn't happened yet, and so well, we ha- we had to follow up and make make it happen. You guys seemed like a lot of fun. I'm like, I want to be on that podcast. You had stickers. I mean, the Dorsey outfits. Like, I, that's a podcast I wanted to be on, and so I I, I made it happen. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We want to talk about Browns. I know you talk about bills and you talk about a lot of draft stuff. So we're going to pepper you with some questions related to the draft and the Browns. Um, The the NFL draft is traditionally the Browns favorite time of year. (laughs) No doubt. Because because we're always picking near the top. Always the most optimistic, exciting time of the year. All right. Well, this this year you're picking 17. I mean, like normally we're talking about a top five pick, if not top three, number one pick. I mean, it's a little bit different discussion this year than we're used to. With the it Browns. makes me very uncomfortable. Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> I, as there's so much. There's a ton of moving parts. I don't. I can't definitively say no. I want these three players. Ed Oliver is going to be there at 14, and we're going to be crapping our pants because yep. we like want to trade up. We don't want to wait. Oh, what's happening? Oh man, so. Matthew, I think you had the first thing we wanted to t- cover with. Oh, actually, you know what? Before we get dive into the whole thing, can you give? I'm not sure how many of our listeners like know about the Draft Network and know what you guys are doing over there. I'm familiar with it and absolutely love everything you guys are doing, and I'm astounded at the amount of content that you're pumping out between all of you guys. Can you give everybody a quick rundown on how that came to be and like what you guys are doing over there? Yeah, uh, glad to. Um, DraftNetwork.com. You can follow us on Twitter at DraftNetworkLLC. We've got a crew of six guys uh, that are content producers. Myself, Kyle Krabs, John Ledger, Trevor Sikama, Benjamin Solak, and Brad Kelly. And uh, we work really hard to cover the draft all year long. We launched in August. Uh, it was something that we were able to kind of finalize May-June area. Uh, and then spent a lot of time building the initial website and then launched in August. And, you know, we, we just cover the NFL draft every single day at what we would think is like a very deep, robust level. Uh, I mean, if you want to know the players that we're going to talk about today and the players that the Browns are going to draft third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round, we're, we, we've been talking about them since August. And so uh, it, it's just a, what we hope is, is a kind of a revolutionary website in terms of covering the NFL draft. We have, you know, scouting reports, podcasts, tons of written content, tons of different uh, features and, and resources for you on there. And on February 25th, we're really excited. We're going to be launching two interactive applications. First is the build your own big board where you'll be able to go on there and rank your own players. You'll, you'll be able to pull from our pool of players and uh, r- create your own rankings and you can share them on social media. You can save them and, and you can edit them as you go. If you want to move up a guy because they did well at the, 
combine or you watched some film on it or you heard something about them, you can adjust those rankings and continue to save it and, and publish and share those. And then what's really cool is we have also on February 25th, 25th is the mock draft machine where it's a mock draft simulator that we think, you know, we've worked for friggin' weeks on perfecting this algorithm and really getting this so that you can simulate a very real experience. And so if you want to hop in there and be John Dorsey, you can make those picks for the Browns with the rest of the draft simulated. You can pick as many or as few teams as you want. You can do one, two, all 32 picks, whatever you want to do uh, for all seven rounds and, and control that. And you can use your own big board to draft from, or you can use the, our consensus big board or our predictive big board. So a lot of flexibility and in, in our, in our theme at Draft Network is for you to be the expert. We're going to give you a lot of information, but we also want to invite you to be part of the discussion as well. So tons of exciting things happening over there, and thanks for giving me a chance to talk about it. No, absolutely. That that sounds awesome. Uh, just hearing you talk about it as a podcast, we're definitely going to have to put out a big board. Oh, and, yeah. Well, <laughs> our consensus yeah. big board. It, yeah. It'll probably take hours for us to argue about and get to a consensus. Maybe we'll have to do separate big boards because we won't be able to come to a consensus, but that's going to be that's going to be really show. fun. Yeah. Do a show. Have it in front of you. Do a show talking about how you would rank you got to get 17 you like, right? Rank of one through 17. Exactly. And uh, great content. And then if you guys want to see some, so we have uh, demos on our YouTube. So if you go to YouTube draft network, you can see demos of both of those applications. If uh, you guys are really interested. That's awesome. We'll definitely do that. We'll encourage our listeners to do it as well. Um, Joe, let's talk about the Browns. <clears throat> we were mentioned that they're picking at 17. I see probably four clear areas that the Browns can improve. And that's, Along the D-line, the probably offensive tackle, linebacker, and cornerback. Um, maybe we, wide receiver, too. Maybe wide receiver, too. But as we're looking towards that, that first-round pick, even that second-round pick, are there any prospects that are in those position groups that maybe the general consensus is positive and likely to go early, but you worry about or being overhyped or might be overdrafted? Any, anybody we should be worried about? in that, that 17th pick or um, 49. You mean that we that you don't think will be there, but I think has a chance? No, I mean, I mean that the general consensus is positive on, but, but uh -huh. you kind of have a differing opinion. Yeah, the name that immediately comes to mind is Devin White, the linebacker from LSU, and, and I know that he has a lot of fans in uh, the football community, um, and I like him, man. I think he has the upside to be a star. Like a friggin' he, he's his physical gifts. I mean, he, he's built like a tank, and he has great mobility and range. But the thing about him is, I watched. I just did his film last week and wrote up his report. And as exciting as those traits are, this is a guy that I think really struggles as a processor. I don't think he trusts his keys. He runs into blocks. He runs himself out of plays, and he just kind of gets hung up in traffic a lot. And he's not necessarily great sifting through it and really navigating through traffic. And so like, I, I love when he's clean and he can, he can see it and chase it and go, man, he's great. But when I need him to think, I, I think things really kind of fall off the rails and I get nervous because it was the same problems that we saw in 2017. And we said, Hey, if he puts it all together, this is like a Roquan Smith caliber linebacker prospect. While he might move like Roquan Smith, but he doesn't think like Roquan Smith. And so I think, you know, I, I did a mock draft on Monday for the draft network and I had him sliding into the twenties and I was met with a lot of different uh, fan bases. Like even the Buccaneers at five, the Bengals at 11, uh, some Browns fans at 17 said, Hey, 
would love for Devin White to be the pick if he's available. And I would say, hey, pump the brakes a little bit because I think he's got some warts that a lot of people aren't talking about right now. Interesting. So where do you think – so you had him in the 20s. Um, so do you think he'll end up there, or do you think somebody will end up jumping at him just because the athletic traits are going to be that special? Well, I I do. I think I think it's probably safe that his range is probably 10 to 30 and I do think that he'll be a first round pick and I, and I reserve the right to be wrong about his ability to, to get better. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think, yeah, I think that when you think about scouting and in the draft, you're thinking about what players can become if they reach their ceiling and, and white ceiling is friggin' great. Like he could be a star, but how comfortable are you? And it's not something if I don't spend time with him and, and, and talk about talk with him about his process and get on the chalkboard and go through film, I'm not going to necessarily be able to feel comfortable like that. NFL teams will be afforded that opportunity. So right. I think he's got a lot right. to prove at the combine in terms of validating that move mobility, but also winning in those interviews and explaining uh, his process to feel comfortable, comfortable with his football intelligence. That makes sense. All right, so one of the big position groups of a need for the Browns is defensive tackle. There's no doubt about it. We Outside of Larry Ogunjobi, like, I think I could be fine with us getting rid of every other player on our entire <laughs> roster. Um, and fortunately, this draft is relatively deep at defensive tackle. And so I think it's fairly likely that if the right player is there at 17, that's where the Browns might go. And a couple names, like at your most recent mock, has us taken Christian Wilkins out of Clemson. And a handful of people have Jeffrey Simmons going around that same range. Those are two guys, like, I've seen a lot of Clemson um, just from being a fan and watching a lot of Clemson football, so I feel like I understand Christian Wilkins and his game. But I don't know if I know Jeffrey Simmons nearly as well. Can you kind of compare and contrast those two players? I think those are both likely possibilities for the Browns, and I think it'd be great to hear a little bit of a direct comparison between those two players. It's a good Good, good question. I think there's a lot of similarities between the two. You think of both of them as wrecking ball style defensive tackles. Uh, but uh, what I like about Simmons over Wilkins is that I think he's got better hands, better technique overall. I think he's a little more stout. He might be a little more athletic. And so for those reasons, I think he's a better prospect in terms of what he can do on the field. Right now, I think where you have a huge, huge fundamental difference between these two players is you have Christian Wilkins, who's going to be a culture-changing type player. Like, you bring him into your locker room, he's going to be one of the leaders. His football character is off the charts. His work ethic's off the charts. He seems With like Jeffrey, he could slide in between Miles Garrett and Larry Ogunjobi and be one of those same dudes and be, like, just you, awesome for the room. You're exactly right. Yep. Now, there's a trade-off, I think, a little bit with the talent. The thing about Jeffrey Simmons is there's that, that domestic issue before he went to Mississippi State that's on tape with him – uh, being violent towards a woman, and uh, and and the real concern with that is like I, all indications are that he's he's been fantastic since right. he's been on campus, right? Like they sing his praises Every, pretty much. You're exactly right. Everybody you talk to, they rave about him. But the problem is that there's video evidence and people have seen it. And no matter who drafts him, he was already it's already back. It's, all, it's we're not going to be able to get away from this discussion. He was already not invited to the combine because of this, and so. If the Browns or whatever team drafts him, they have to be comfortable saying this is the headline of our draft. This is the guy. This is the signature piece of our draft. And is John Dorsey willing to do that? Oh, so Jimmy Haslam likes probably, the attention to be away from him, yeah. likes the attention <laughs> away on somebody else. Well, so that's the trade-off that you have to be comfortable with. I think Simmons is a better prospect, more athletic, more explosive, better technique, more power. Yeah, John, John Dorsey has a, a high tolerance for for the yes. rehab projects and the yes. the the. the 
He yeah. talks about how he likes to have a relationship with a player, and he likes to actually get to know the person, right? So, like, if what everyone's saying about Simmons is true, that he's been a choir boy since he's been on campus at Mississippi State, and he's been great for the community, great for the team, and all of these things, and that shines through in a face-to-face, I don't think John Dorsey's going to have a hesitation in going after him, if he truly is the better player on on the field. Yeah. Interesting. So, Joe, another defensive tackle um, who – I think I think it's fair to say like will almost assuredly not be there at 17, but is a really fascinating prospect is Ed Oliver, and he might only weigh in at about 270 pounds, which is really small for a, a defensive tackle, even a three tech. Are you concerned at all about his ability to hold up in the middle of an NFL defensive line at that weight? Well, I think you're probably correct about his weight. Um, I, I went to uh, the ECU Houston game this past year, and I was credentialed and was on the sideline. Obviously, my, my number one mission there was to get a look at Ed Oliver's stature and his frame and what does he look like. And I tweeted out, I said, I said standing next to him for, for 30 minutes on the field uh, during warm-ups, I think he's 6'1", 275. And, and I, think, I just think that's what he is. That he's not a big guy. And so here's the thing. Okay, like, but Aaron uh, – can I inter- interject? Aaron Donald's yes. 6'1", 280. Aaron Donald's yep. a freak, though. So Ed yeah. Oliver's a freak, too, in his own right. I, I'm i just saying, like, they're they're built in a similar fashion. Yeah, I think if there's going to be a big size advantage between the two is, is Aaron Donald has long, long arms. So we'll see. I don't know if Ed Oliver has that type of length. I love Ed Oliver. I think he's going to be a top 10 player in this class for me on my individual rankings. But, he, he, you know, he, he's not necessarily a prototype. He's super quick. He plays with great leverage. I mean, unbelievable flexibility for a, a guy even even of 270 pounds. And, and so you, I think if you want that dynamic, interior, penetrating defensive tackle to just get, get into the backfield like an Aaron Donald, then you can get him. But, again, you, is Aaron Donald's the exception, right? We don't necessarily have, like, a long list of guys – of their that stature that are making that type of an impact. So uh, it, it is he would be an outlier, but uh, man, I I he's one I'm pretty comfortable with. And the NFL's funny, and so I can see them letting him slide. And then it's not just the, the weight, the size thing. It's like he went to Houston and he wanted to be loyal to the soil, and he didn't play against Power Five competition. And the whole stupid thing with the jacket, like all that <laughs> dumps, you know. What? You just never know what's going to really matter in a guy's draft stock. I mean, if it's about the film and what he does on tape, he's a sensational player. But, you know, I think there's enough here to think that maybe we could be – you know, he, he when the initial odds came out for the NFL draft, who was going to be the number one pick, it was Ed Oliver. He had the highest odds to be the number one overall pick. Yeah. So I think from, when you think about it like that, I don't think he's in that discussion. And now he's like – getting mocked in the teens it seems yeah. like the early yeah. teens mid-teens is kind of like where he's going i mean if he takes a drop like a derwin james did last year and the browns get him at 17 i oh, will man. be like running in the streets naked <laughs> like it'll be it'll be an exciting evening yeah it should be yeah um so all right defensive tackle i really think is going to be if not our first pick probably our second pick for sure we kind of hit the guy. Did we cover the guys you think that are going to be available to the Browns at 17? Do you think there's anyone else that would be worthy in that discussion in that first round pick? For defensive tackle, I think yeah. those are probably, yeah, the guys you'd be targeting. Yeah. Okay. So then as we look to the second round, 
like say we go in a different direction, take like Byron Murphy or something like that at the corner out of Washington for with the seventeenth pick, and so then we're looking at defensive tackle in the second round. Who are a couple guys that maybe we should be keeping our eye on as good value there in that 49th pick? Well, I, I, the names, so my top four defensive tackles, Quinton Williams, Ed Oliver, Jeffrey Simmons, and Christian Wilkins, those guys not in the conversation. Yeah. So you look at the next, I think there's a, that, there's a big drop-off right there, right? So that's where, like, I get concerned. Like, if you don't go defensive tackle round one and you don't get one of those four, I think you're making a big concession. Uh, the next guy on my list is Dexter Lawrence from Clemson, who's, uh, I mean, he's a big plug. I mean, he's projects more as a nose. He's like 350 pounds. Got Browns won't go strength. that way because they play Larry at the one tech. Right. He's the one tech, and, and he doesn't give you much pass rush, so I don't think he's a great fit. And then it's Kalen Saunders from Western Illinois, the D2 kid. You, I, you At the senior bowl, that guy. I, I like, I like that kid. So, I mean, but are you going to take him in the second round? I mean, to me, he's the guy with the next upside. After that, I've got like Jerry Tillery, Isaiah Bugs, Draymond Jones, and Rennell Wren, who I have big time questions about. It would not touch them in the second round. So, like, if Dexter Lawrence isn't a pit, it isn't a fit. The only guy that I would feel remotely comfortable is Kalen Saunders. So you got to get one of those first four, or else I think there's a big drop off. Okay, well that's interesting. So it might be more of a third round conversation and take the guy with the the most value. But a lot of people are seem to be higher on like a Jerry Tillery than than you seem to be. What's what's your knock on Tillery? And his 10 best plays might be like the 10 most exciting plays you'll see a defensive tackle make. But the snap-to-snap consistency, the year-to-year consistency with him, he's an underachiever. You know, these are, those are just the types of players when I'm scouting, I just gravitate away from them, right? I want consistency, and I just don't get anything close to it with Tillery. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, let's move to wide receiver. Um, it's a weird position group for the Browns because they don't have a ton of stars. Jarvis Landry is the biggest name, but I think most Browns fans that pay attention to the NFL don't think he'll be on our roster past this next year. The Browns have a nice out after this second year of his contract, and he's just making way more money than he's actually worth. And so we've got Antonio Callaway we took last year. We've got Rashard Higgins, who's likely to be around. He's a restricted free agent. They've indicated they want to keep Brashad Perryman, but that may or may not happen. Um, all of these are kind of middling players. We don't have any like star, big-name guys, and I think that they're probably going to look to add some depth at some point in this class, um, in the draft. And the good news is, again, is this receiver class seems to be maybe not high at the top, but certainly really, really deep. Can you talk about... Um, And from what I can tell is it's been hard for some of you guys to even like condense it to a top 10 list of (laughs) players, like honestly with the receivers, which is a fun thing to like kind of listen to from the outside. So in my mind, it seems like there's more like a top 15 and I would love to hear you separate those guys into tiers amongst Mm. your top 15 or so wide receivers, just because it seems like there's a lot of guys that are jockeying in that same grouping. Yeah, I mean, I think in our consensus board at TDN, we've got seven receivers in the top 40. I mean, that's a that's a good amount. Um, f- so for me, the way I kind of stack these guys up, I think that there's two that are just like better than the rest. The, the two guys that I say, these are first round picks. DK Metcalf from Ole Miss. I mean, he's got Julio Jones type physical upside. And, and I think he's got all the ability to develop and clean up some of his some of his inconsistencies. Like he's to me, he's got the highest ceiling of any offensive player in this draft. Yeah, uh, Calvin Harmon from NC State's my number two. You want an alpha power forward, a guy that's going to dominate at the catch point. Uh, 
elite play strength, a guy that just bullies dudes in the contact window and at the catch point. And he's a little more smooth and a little more explosive than people give him credit for. I really like him. I, I think he'd be a great pick at 17. And then I have this next tier, which at is 17. You don't think that's too high for Harmon? No, no, okay. no. Yeah. Interesting. Snatch him at 17 and prosper. I don't know. When this <laughs> podcast, I don't know when this podcast is releasing, but on February 8th on, on Friday, I have a piece on Kelvin Harmon where I went through his Boston college game and showed you his ability to take over football games. So like if you're lukewarm on Harmon, let's get the water heated up a little bit. Check out that piece. Um, the next tier of guys that I have is Riley Ridley from Georgia and Debo Samuel from South Carolina. Uh, Riley Ridley, I think, can be an outside guy. Um, he, What's exciting about him is he didn't run like a ton of routes at Georgia, but he has all the traits to do more. Like you see flashes of it, of him being able to separate. And I love that he was able to create so much after the catch, despite running a lot of hooks and curls, like routes that don't lend themselves to good yak ability. Uh, he has really good body control and ball skills. Debo Samuel from, from South Carolina, footwork. Uh, his ability to uncover quickly, uh, competitive at the catch point. Think like Golden Tate, DJ Moore there. Uh, and then I have this tier of like Nikhil Harry. He's like the B-plus version of Kelvin Harmon. Marquise Brown, the vertical threat from 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 Oklahoma. And then I have this tier of like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and A.J. Brown. Those are more like your big slots. Arcega-Whiteside actually more of a, could play outside as well. Good footwork, catch point guys. And then the speed guy in the manual hall from Missouri. And, and Akeem Butler is like the – the C the C plus version of, of Kelvin Harmon. So that's kind of my top ten. But if I want dudes, if I want alphas, guys that I can funnel my passing game through, I want Harmon or Metcalf. Yeah, it's interesting, I, Matthew. What do you think the Browns are looking for at the receiver position? Like, I'm not even positive that I know what the prototype is that um, Dorsey is going to look for to pair with Baker. Well, that's the thing. I feel like we have a bunch of like. B or B minus options at, at we're well rounded in the receiving core, right? We've got guys who can go deep. We've got guys who can play possession underneath. We've got, um, all in between. Um, the one guy I didn't hear you talk about, and he was kind of the darling of the senior bowl coming in was Andy Isabella. Uh, we didn't really like his performance at the senior bowl, especially the practices. Um, Mm -hmm. what do you, what do you think about him? Is it, do you think he's just overhyped? I know he's kind of a local kid to Cleveland that people are paying attention to. Oh, so I got to be careful with my words here. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any particular affinity for him, but we, we may get followers tweeting. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just say that he's not for me. I mean, um, straight line speed, like unbelievable. But um, like step frequency in his routes is a problem. And his hands are really bad. Like, just any time that he has to extend and not like trap the ball against his chest, it goes right through his hands. Like he doesn't get that diamond set. He doesn't have that grip strength to really squeeze it or outside of his frame. You saw multiple drops at the senior bowl. And I was watching his tape with actually two, uh, two different uh, FBS wide receiver coaches. And we were watching Isabella's work in, in, uh, in practice. And like, they were really concerned about just his ability to just pluck the football. And like, I don't know if you want a guy that can run fast and straight, like I'm I, that you, that's your guy, but I think he needs a lot of work as a route runner. And like, I'm not super comfortable with his ability to catch a ball. So would you take like a Penny Hart who was also at the senior bowl ahead of Isabella? I, I would. Yeah. I think there's more, I think there's more upside. I think you get a similar physical profile in terms of size and athletic ability, but there's so much more polish with the way that he uh, can, can win for you in terms of route running. Like you saw examples of his ball skills and his ability to like make a late adjustment and clear press coverage. So I just, I, yeah, I feel more comfortable with Hart, and I know that maybe that's a crazy take to some people. That kid's good. 
Yeah, Penny. Uh, he he was like the apple of my eye after watching the <laughs> Senior Bowl practice. He reminded me a lot of the. There was a couple years ago, 2016, I think, when the Browns wide receiver core averaged like five foot nine, and he reminded me a lot of one of those wide receivers. All right, moving on. Um, outside of wide receivers, moving to corners. Um, corner class seems pretty poor overall. And it seems like Byron Murphy's at the top of the class with Greedy Williams still lingering after having high grades early in the draft process. Um, outside of those two guys, if, say, the Browns don't go with one of them in the first round, like, where is the value at cornerback in this draft? Yeah, it's it's not a great year for corner. I love Byron Murphy. I'm really I have questions about Greedy Williams. He doesn't tackle. He doesn't play off contact. He doesn't finish reps a lot of times. Physical upsides off the charts, though. So to me, after that, the guys, if you're talking second round, because there's no other player I'd even think about in the first round, uh, DeAndre Baker from Georgia. Um, I think he's a scheme specific guy. If you're going to play a lot of uh, press, a lot of zone, Baker can help you there. But you're not going to ask DeAndre Baker to flip his hips and run with guys vertically down the field because he's going to get burnt. He doesn't have that long speed. I like Amani Oruarie, and from this point forward, <laughs> forward we're going to call him Amani O. Uh, <laughs> Amani O from Penn State. Like uh, Again, he's more of a zone press guy, really good length, um, body control, ball skills. Like To me, they're pretty comparable, I, except for you probably get a little bit bigger, longer player in a Amani O. And then to me, there's just a drop off. Like Julian Love's interesting, but he's got some ball skills. He's a little undersized, not super athletic. He's at Notre Dame, right? Yeah, from Notre Dame. Joan Williams from uh, Vandy. He's a long guy that's kind of like the the B plus version of Amani O. And then Lonnie Johnson's interesting. He's from Kentucky. He'll hit you. His tape was pretty bad, but his physical traits are exciting. So I don't know. Like if you you either get Byron in the first round. And then you think about Baker and Amani O in the second round, and then I, if you're needing a starter, like this is probably not going to be the draft for you. So Browns fans are deep in the heart of Big Ten country, and I know that Justin Lane has been of interest out of Michigan State. What's the word on Justin Lane? Yeah, you know, I'm going to have to take a pass on that question. Um, I, <laughs> I've been asked about him a lot. Um, I've seen one game, and I thought he had some good moments, but I, I certainly can't speak to him in depth. Yeah, but that's you know before the draft I will. I'm just not quite there yet on his film. I respect that. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> um. So for the first time in 25 years, the Browns don't have to look towards quarterback in the in the NFL draft, which is exciting. Um, but we do need depth. We've got Baker Mayfield on the roster. Tyra Taylor's probably walking in free agency because he's got. B- Bigger and brighter things to you do. You want Tyrod to come back to Buffalo, by the way, Joe? No. 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 <laughs> okay. No, I think I, if you want to talk about Tyrod, I think he'd be wonderful in Washington. Tyrod's got a lot of places that I feel like he could go. I think yeah, he could do well in Jacksonville. He could do well sure. in a bunch of places. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No, he'd, he'd be a great he'll, he'll be a fit in Washington. Somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, the Browns need depth, though, at wide receiver. So this, or quarterback. quarterback. Sorry. This is not going to be a position we target probably in the first four or five rounds. But in that sixth, seventh undrafted free agency round, who who are some guys who might fit the current Browns offensive scheme? We brought Todd Monken in. He's got an air raid background. Um, Freddie Kitchens showed that he was clearly capable and willing to call plays to fit kind of a, a, a player-specific scheme. 
and what Baker's comfortable with, stretching the field, good at. Are there any guys who are kind of in that air raid mold who might be available there late in the draft or as an undrafted free agent who might be a good kind of flyer to keep on the back end of your roster for a couple of years? I'll tell you, um, <laughs> I don't get too excited about this proposition. And for me, with backup quarterbacks, I'm kind of a guy that's always going to want to sign a guy like the, the Browns have uh, um, Drew Stanton, right? Yes. Like yeah. I, w- I would, I would probably just always have a guy like that. I think you can sign those types of quarterbacks every year because if they, I mean, you're only going to really probably carry two quarterbacks. And so your choices are going to be Baker and this late round guy or Baker and Drew Stanton. And I, I don't know. I, I just wouldn't, I would never want to be one snap away from, you know, probably the player that I'm going to mention you to you here, but when you when you talk about you know being able to hit spot throws down the field and maybe get outside the pocket and make throws, the one quarterback that I think probably profiles well like that is is Jarrett Stidham from Auburn. Um, he underachieved. There's no question about that at Auburn. He came in as a hot shot recruit to Baylor and then transferred over. But I will say two things about Jarrett Stidham. Number one, his his throwing mechanics are very 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 clean. Like when you want to see a guy like take a pass drop, hit his back foot, transition get torque from his lower body, efficient throwing motion, just all the stuff is just clean. And as a result of that, his ball placement is good. And so I think he does throw consistently accurate footballs with good mechanics. Those are good traits. Now, the problem with, with Jared is that just when you ask him to work progressions or handle pressure or uh, really drive a, a football into a, a tight window, like he's not going to do those things. But so maybe for the profile of what you described, that would be the guy that I'd be most comfortable with. And maybe you would keep three quarterbacks and just have him inactive and you, you have to make a concession somewhere else on your roster. But um, Jared Stidham, I mean, I just don't get, there's so much, so many guys that lack physical upside. When you think about the depth of this quarterback class, I got a, a lot of scheme specific guys that if you would have said, Hey, maybe more West coast timing, rocket rhythm type stuff, I would feel comfortable. But for kind of a vertical passing game where there's gonna be a lot of play action and getting outside the pocket, like, Jarrett Stidham's the one guy. Tyree Jackson's interesting, but man, like I saw a quote on him recently and I really liked it. He's two years away from being two years away. He's so. (laughs) (laughs) And we're already in the second contract. All right. Yeah. um... Yeah. You know, like we don't have time for that in the NFL. Like, so I don't know. I I don't like that. Like you talk about like developmental quarterbacks. I don't know. I I don't get too excited, but if I had to pick one, I'd choose Jarrett Stidham. Where do you think he's going to go in the draft? Higher than higher than we're gonna, we care to admit. I mean, that's the thing about any quarterback that has a chance. Like, I think the NFL has learned its lesson to an extent. Like, you're not going to see players like EJ Manuel or Christian Ponder or Blaine Gabbert be super high picks anymore. But I do think Cody Kessler went third round to us a couple years uh, ago. See, the Browns. Jo- Josh Allen round. went ninth overall. Josh Allen had physical traits. I don't know. So <laughs> we're just trying a- to give you a hard time. We I- think your quarterback sucks. All right. Well, I, I think your quarterback's good. And I'm, <laughs> can, we're Buffalo and Cleveland. Can we unite here and really <laughs> each other? Like, this, there's no prize for being worse. Um, no, we feel for anyone who has any sort of sustained losing, and so for that reason, we're we're here for you. If you need emotional well, support, you know who to call. Bills and Browns play next year. That'll be fun. Um, so it's. I just, yeah, these quarterbacks that are worth a damn are going to get drafted higher. So, like, Jared Sidham, if you want him, you're going to have to take him in the third or fourth round. Not going to be a later option. Yeah, that's that seems to be the case. Where do you think Minshew's going to go? He's one that's interesting just because he's coming out of the uh, the Michael Leach offense out of Washington State. And I thought he looked 
just fine. He definitely felt like he belonged um, amongst those quarterbacks at Senior Bowl. There was some that were a lot worse and some that stood out a little bit better. He's so weird. Um, The uh, everything that I thought I knew about what the quarter, what the NFL liked about quarterbacks was thrown out the window when Tanner Lee and that quarterback, who was that quarterback from LSU that got drafted somehow? Oh, uh, and played for like Tennessee and everything. No, it was for it was for the pa- the Patriots drafted him last oh, year. Was- no, he's the kid who transferred from Purdue and then what played is his at LSU. Name? He got drafted. Whatever Danny, that guy's name, Danny Etling. Danny Etling, yeah, that guy got drafted. One of the worst college. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's bad. Ever- I cannot believe he got drafted by the Patriots. Did he just so, get like, a Super Bowl ring? He, I don't know if he's still on the roster, <laughs> practice squad, or whatnot, but I don't know, man. That guy got drafted to the Patriots. I don't know how it happened. So, like. I think every quarterback's got a chance to get drafted based on that information. And so Gardner Minshew, somebody made a comparison to him and uh, compared him to Case Keenum. And I actually kind of like that comparison. So I think he does have a chance to be like a, a backup and a spot starter and a guy that has a chance. But, you know, I mean, he, he's got a lot of work to do. He doesn't really play in structure very consistently, which is weird for a guy coming from Mike Leach's offense. And he's got modest physical upside, but I think he does have a chance to maybe stick as a backup to, to add some Denny Etling did just get a Super Bowl ring. He's oh. on a, he's on the Patriots practice squad. He's, okay. So, so well, he, he he did earn that that ring. So there's there's hope for all college quarterbacks. <laughs> all right. So we're going to ask you to dig deep on this next question, all right? So the Browns crushed it last year with their 5th round pick. They took Jannard Avery who was um uh I, I think got a lot of praise on draft day, but like ac- absolutely blew it out of the water. Was a great uh, specialty pass rusher and filled in at linebacker at certain times and was great. The Browns actually have, th- because of some trades and stuff, actually have three draft picks in the fifth round this year. Can you give us a couple of guys you think that might be in that range that could be really good values, similar in the Jannard Avery mold? guys that maybe don't fit like a particular description. Like Avery's thing was is his the best part of his tape was his pass rushing ability, but he played Mike linebacker. And so like he didn't really fit a particular mold, but he was great at football. Like who are some of those other guys that maybe we could keep an eye on that could be available to us in that fifth round range? All right. Um, I'll toss a couple names at you here. Um, I like this linebacker from New Mexico State, Terrell Hanks. Super raw. He's, I mean, he's a dog chasing cars a lot of time watching them on tape, but he, his, his body composition, like he, he turned heads at the senior bowl weigh-ins. Like he just built, he's just ripped. And then he moves really well. And he was really physical at senior bowl uh, practices and stuff. And so, you know, you think about a guy with that type of urgency and motor and that body composition, that athletic ability, he's a guy that switched from safety to linebacker this past year for New Mexico state. Like I, he's a guy that I can, if you get him in a C ball chase ball type situation, I think he can provide some value. Uh, if you're talking about the fifth round, um, uh, let's talk I, safety here. Jaquan Johnson from Miami. He's interesting because he's a little bit undersized, but he's a really physical hitter. Uh, I think he'll be a guy that really excels in like dime packages. When you want that sixth defensive back on the field that can cover short zones, big time special teams upside, but he's a little bit odd because he's undersized and he's a big hitter. That doesn't mesh well at the NFL. He doesn't necessarily have great ball skills, but he's in position. So he's an interesting guy that I think could probably provide some good contributions uh, based on where he's drafted. And uh, uh, man, uh, give another name here, Bobby Evans. Let's go with Bobby Evans, offensive tackle from Oklahoma. 
part of a really, really good offensive line. They won the award for the best offensive line in uh, in college football last year. Yeah. He's probably the least talked about one because they got that big-time center. Those two guards are probably going to be day two picks, and then Cody Ford's going to be a first-round pick. But Bobby Evans is probably, like, one of the better ones in terms of just overall athletic ability and the ability to mirror guys. And, and I don't think he's going to get drafted high, but somewhere on day three, he could be one of those guys that, like, we talk about developmental offensive linemen, and usually we're not talking about anything, just guys that have bad technique and can never be anything. But I think maybe Bobby, maybe Bobby Evans has a chance just based on that physical upside. Well, I think the Browns will probably take one of those later round draft picks, seeming considering that we have a largely Packers front office and we just took James Camp and the Packers offensive line coach um, is now in the Browns building. And so I think that one of those late round guys is probably in the cards. There you go. There's one to think about. Nice. So, Joe, the NFL draft is coming to Nashville, which is our hometown. What is the draft network's plans surrounding the NFL draft? Are are you able to to talk about that? <laughs> well, if maybe if this was one week later, I can give you some pretty hard details. But we're we're uh, we have a, a very important meeting early next week that will help us solidify uh, our plans. But um, we hope to be in Nashville, and we hope to be at a very prominent new place. Uh, we'll see if that all comes together. We're optimistic, but. Uh, Hopefully uh, we'll be out there and we can we can hang out there in uh, Music City. It'll be my first trip out there. Well, we'd love to show you around. We're here all the time, and for, we're for excited. Better or worse, for <laughs> better or worse. Yeah, stay tuned for an announcement on that. Hopefully we can share that very soon. That's awesome. Well, um, tell everybody listening how they can find you uh, so that they can hear more great takes as we lead up into the NFL draft. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the best place to uh, keep track of it all is on Twitter. I am at the Joe Marino on Twitter. I work for the Draft Network, and our website is DraftNetwork.com, excuse me, at Draft Network LLC. I uh, co-host the Draft Dudes podcast as well as the Lockdown Bills podcast. So if you like uh, hearing me talk about football and write about football, you will never have not have opportunities to consume that. So thanks uh, for the opportunity there. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. It was a blast. Hope we can do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joe. So Joe is probably like our my new favorite person that we met at the Senior Bowl. We met, we met. Honestly, listeners, if you can make it down to Mobile in like late January, just do it. it it's a great experience. The Senior Bowl it blows your mind. It's like the lowest key event that you've ever been to, and you realize that the most like high key. What, what's the opposite of low key? Like. Highbrow? Highbrow. <laughs> Maybe. But it, but it's not highbrow. But there's people. We ran into Alonzo Highsmith. We ran into Andrew Barry. We ran into Andrew Siciliano. We ran into a whole number of people. And granted, we were dressed like idiots. So, like, that helps. For sure. Uh, but, like, we got stopped in the streets for people to take pictures, like, take a selfie with us. And they'd seen us earlier. And, like, you just run into people. Like, it. This, it's we almost were, entirely football front office people and NFL media. Yeah. And there's a handful of fans like us that were there, but mostly it's media and NFL front office people. We had folks from who work in the front office of other teams who know John Dorsey, who, who stopped to talk to us. Um, other, just they gave us tips on the, the type of pants we should wear in case we would yeah, opt to not wear yeah. shorts we next were, year. So it was like... 48 degrees the day that we were there, which admittedly was cold. 
And somebody, he works for the Jets, I, I believe. I can't remember exactly. Told us piece of insider information. John Dorsey wears khaki-colored corduroys. corduroys when the weather is cold. So next year, khaki-colored corduroys. Which actually, now that I think about it, of course he wears khaki. <laughs> and it's probably the wide corduroy. Oh, like, yeah. Like the really old school with the pleats and really the wide soft, corduroy. Really oh, warm. Yeah. yeah. Just big and bulky. Oh, it's going to be great. So can't recommend Mobile highly enough. Um, that's great. So Joe Marino, loved running into him. Loved knowing those guys now. Thanks for coming on the pod. Uh, thanks for listening this week. Um, going into the offseason, we're, we're going on an every two-week schedule. We're going to try to put it out on Mondays every week. I know we were a little bit off this week. We'll probably be back in a week and a half, I would imagine, um, with our next one, probably talking about free agency. Um, if we happen to be off the schedule, we'll try to keep you up to date on Twitter. Yeah, we'll keep you up to date. And speaking of Twitter, you can catch us on Twitter, at Sin of Our Fathers. And Mark's crushing the Insta game. Mark, we have an Instagram, which is also at Sin of Our Fathers. So check that out if you haven't already subscribed. Um, please do follow us there. We realized we needed an Instagram after the Senior Bowl when we got posted. One on day Instagram. of publicity. <laughs> <laughs> the most work we've ever put into getting our name out there. Oh, it's been a whirlwind. Pete, Pete Smith would be so proud. So if you've got us on Twitter, you got us on Instagram, you can rate us on iTunes, leave, leave a review if you like the podcast. If you don't like the podcast, you can just like do something else with your time. Um, and if you want to email us, we, we welcome emails. Um, we love hearing from y'all. It's sinofourfathers at gmail.com. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by the Barbasol Shave Club, featuring the Ultra 6 Plus Razor. Barbasol, the brand trusted by men for nearly 100 years to deliver a close, comfortable shave. Visit Barbasol.com to join the Barbasol Shave Club today. Use discount code BROWNS at checkout and receive $2 off your initial shave kit order. Go do it. It's good stuff. You'll enjoy it, and your face will be happy. My face is pretty happy. I haven't shaved in a long time. It's set up for spring. <laughs> nice, fresh, clean shave. That's right. So. I might need to shave my legs before we run our 40s this year. Give myself as much of a, much of an advantage as I can get. <laughs> it's going to happen. I'm going to win. It won't help you. It won't help you. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.